It's Friday, June 26, 2020, and from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, this is Pennsylvania Legacies. I'm Josh Rollerson. When the state went into lockdown this past spring, many Pennsylvanians took to local parks and trails for exercise, comfort, or just to get out of the house. In fact, a great number of Pennsylvanians seem to be doing that. At least anecdotally, that much was obvious to trail users who suddenly had to fight for parking at trail access points or had to learn how to navigate around other users while maintaining social distance. News media noticed, too. Here's a clip from the April 7th broadcast of The Why on Philadelphia's WHYY radio. The Delaware Valley Regional Planning Commission says that biking on Kelly Drive has gone up almost 500% since the pandemic started. Uh, So it's not just me. (laughs) No, it's a fact. And it's not just Kelly Drive. It's also a lot of other paths in the city and all the parks around. I mean... This is the only thing that people can do right now. Here at Peck, as you might imagine, our trails and outdoor recreation team watched this apparent trail boom with great interest. It was, after all, a live demonstration of the value that parks, trails, and public green space hold for communities at a time when the future of state funding for such assets seemed a bit uncertain. It was also a public stress test for trail systems themselves, putting unusual amounts of strain on infrastructure and staff. And as heartening as it was to see so many Pennsylvanians using the trails we love and advocate for, there was also concern about overcrowded facilities, possibly contributing to the spread of COVID-19 rather than providing a respite from it. So for all these reasons and more, we wanted to know just exactly how big this trail boom was whether it was statewide or just isolated in urban pockets or other areas. And we wanted to know how trail systems were dealing with all the new demand. So to that end, we rounded up all the data we could get our hands on, collected from trail counters all over the state. And we surveyed dozens of trail managers about their experience. The picture that emerged from that research confirmed what we and many others already suspected. We were looking at an unprecedented surge in trail use in almost every part of the Commonwealth, in some areas a nearly three-fold increase over the last two years. Amy Camp of Cycle Forward worked with PEC to prepare a report synthesizing everything we found in this project. She's back on the podcast today to unpack the results. Amy, welcome back. Thanks, Josh. Good to be here. I'm interested in the methodology uh, that you use for this project. Can you talk about how are trail counts conducted? What is the technology involved? Who typically collects this data and what purpose does it serve? Trail counts are conducted really on a trail by trail basis. And there are uh, some different ways of, of collecting count data. Uh, some trails use electronic counters and there are different brands for that. Um, some validate their electronic counts using manual counts, sending people out just to click away and make sure that those um, electronic counters are uh, working properly. Some trails don't have any counters at all. So there's a lot of variety in how um, trail organizations uh, measure trail use. Uh, One thing that I noticed during this study was even though the study was relevant to all types of non-motorized trails, uh, including natural surface trails, multi-use and rail trails, water trails, almost all of the count data that was supplied to us was for multi-use and rail trails. This project was specifically looking at the March-April period and how people were using or not using trails during that time. What's important about that time frame? What was kind of the the baseline question that you were trying to answer with this study? 
For a lot of people, life changed pretty drastically starting around mid-March. Um, you had non-essential businesses closing, schools moving to online learning. Uh, people were asked to work from home if they were able to. Uh, some people had to go on to unemployment. Uh, and then you had the stay-at-home order a little bit later in the month. So life changed a lot. Um, we had no concerts, no dining out, no movies. Uh, one of the only available forms of entertainment was going outside. Uh, and I think the one thing that we can say about the role of trails during the pandemic is that they were here for us when we needed them the most. And so the staff at Peck, I think, took notice to the general uptick in trail use and all of the related media coverage and wanted to better understand the impact. What's the starting point for an inquiry like this? How do you get the raw data that forms the basis for your analysis? And then how do you kind of modulate that data to be able to answer the questions that you want? How do you control for all the variables and interpret what, what you get? Well, we had all sorts of possible data sources for this project. I couldn't tell you how many different uh, news articles there were out there, uh, webinars, blog posts, uh, you name it. There, there was just a ton of content around how people um, were flocking to the outdoors, um, using trails and access to nature for as a means of, um, you know, uh, personal health, uh, health and wellness. And one of our main sources of data for this project was a survey distributed to Pennsylvania trail managers. Uh, we surveyed uh, the managers of non-motorized trails across the state. Uh, we heard from close to 80 managers and were ultimately able to use 74 responses. Uh, so uh, the lion's share of this report is focused on what the managers shared with us. And we also had the opportunity to collect and analyze electronic count data. And um, what happened was we asked the managers that we surveyed if they would be willing to share their counts and and a number of them were able to. Ultimately, we used data from 15 counters, um, and, and those are counters that had counts for 2018, 19, and 20. And it, it was a, a bit of a challenge to, to, to find um, enough counters that, that were able to um, supply data for all three years. Um, because one of the challenges with um, trail counts, even even though there are organizations out there doing their very best to quantify trail use, is that there are inaccuracies um, that come along with counting. Um, a lot of trail managers, they definitely have their own stories around, um, you know, what's happened with their counters. Uh, everything from inaccuracies due to spider nesting, uh, moisture in the counter, vandalism. Um, poison ivy growing up around it. It's definitely not an easy thing to track and to understand trebius. Okay, so you gather all this information, some of it from survey responses, you've got some empirical data, and you kind of massaged it into a form that, that you could actually glean some insights from it. What were those insights? What does the analysis show about how people have been using trails this spring and summer? Yeah, the analysis tells us that trail use was way up in March in particular. Uh, not only did the electronic counts tell us that, but the trail managers told us the same thing. Uh, we were hearing stories from trail managers about 200 and 400 percent year over year increases 
comments about parking lots being full, um, having to manage their parking lots. Um, I actually experienced myself what it was like to be on a, a really busy trail. I went to my own neighborhood park um, onto a trail where I have only ever seen maybe one or two people at a time whenever I've walked that trail. And um, on a weekday afternoon, I can't remember if it was March or April, um, I counted 15 other hikers. So this year's trail season already looks rather different from previous years, just in terms of numbers, just in terms of volume of usage. But it also seems as though the, the timing is a little different as well this year. Can you talk about that? When, when did we actually have the beginning of our 2020 trail season? Trail season typically is thought to start around April as the weather uh, becomes milder. Uh, the Derails Trails Conservancy, for example, they, they have an opening day for trails in early April. Uh, but what we saw this year with trail use in Pennsylvania uh, is that March was so busy and so much busier than in uh, recent years that it essentially kicked off trail season a month early. And I f- would feel comfortable saying that uh, the sudden change in our way of life um, uh, starting in about mid-March contributed to that sudden increase in trail use. And what we heard from trail managers that you know, people were viewing trails as um, as a positive outlet for health and wellness. It gave people something to do with their kids whenever everyone all of a sudden was was home together, um, you know, all week long. And uh, they also uh, the trail managers were sharing information about um, new demographics using their trails getting questions, you know, by phone and on their website, on their social media, um, questions about the trails that, that would come from, from somebody who um, hasn't uh, used the trail before. So a lot of positives. One of the interesting details that I noticed was that there's a distinction between shorter, like local route type trails versus the long haul, like the Great Allegheny Passage or, or a multi-day uh, distance route type of thing. Why is that distinction important, and, and how does it map out on the results that you saw? How are different kinds of trails being impacted differently by these circumstances? What I thought was most interesting about the study and what we learned was how trail managers responded to one of our survey questions. We asked them how they would characterize the pandemic's short-term impact on trails, and 60% considered it to be mostly positive. Uh, we ended up looking at that perception question in a lot of ways, too. We, we sorted for trail type, trail length, uh, by uh, region in the state. And uh, I think how the managers responded to this single question tells us a lot. Uh, if you manage a multi-use or a rail trail, uh, you are probably more likely to view the impact as positive because your trail has the type of carrying capacity and space to be able to accommodate a sudden uptick in use. If you manage a destination trail, um, you may have a mixed view due to things like uh, long distance trip cancellations and how the uh, cancellations impact trail serving businesses. And if you manage a natural surface trail, you may be seeing more of the negative impacts due to those trails having a different carrying capacity. Um, trail managers along uh, some of those systems were telling us about issues like erosion and, and damage to plant life. 
So, I mean, it's interesting. You have kind of a, a ready-made experiment set up where you can sort of disaggregate different modes of trail use. I mean, this is a situation where, as you would expect, but it seems like the results bear this out, that people are going to be more likely to use their local trail for exercise and recreation and maybe to some degree for transportation. But obviously, the multi-day tourism type trail use is going to drop off. Well, there are destination trails throughout the state, um, trails like uh, the Great Allegheny Passage, the DNL, the Appalachian Trail that were impacted in the way of decreased uh, through trips. Uh, a lot of people start their trips in the spring and, you know, we were um, hearing all kinds of messages around using our close to home trails. And so therefore, those destination trails and, and those uh, long distance trail trips, you know, being canceled. I mean, there there certainly was an economic impact. Um, some of the trail serving businesses may have even been considered non-essential and unable to carry on their typical operations. And so um, I think that's why with some of the, the long distance trails, um, we saw more of a, a mixed view from the managers in terms of um, how the, the pandemic uh, impacted um, their, their trail systems. So under normal conditions, right, it would be pretty much an unambiguous good to see trail use go up dramatically. But there is also a, a downside potentially, at least for, for some of the trail managers you talked to, they dealt with negative impacts. What were they sort of dealing with? What are they dealing with, I guess I should say? Uh, and what does that tell you? Well, we had one manager say to us uh, that uh, the, the exact quote was the trail is busy all the time every day and I'm pretty sure that was a manager of a multi-use trail and the um, the comment was meant in a positive manager but if you then take um, somebody who manages a natural surface trail and a uh, more sensitive ecosystem that same quote could um, you know, not be uh, perceived as, as positive. Um, and, and we, we asked trail managers uh, about some of the positive and negative impacts of, of, of the uh, pandemic and in terms of how, how it impacted trails. And I can tell you um, some of the most positive impacts uh, that, that we heard um, had to do with uh, trails being used and perceived as a positive outlet um, that change in trail user demographics, new people finding their way to trails, um, and increased awareness and increased interest in trails. Um, on the flip side, some of the negative impacts that, that were being faced by um, trails, um, you know, had to do with overuse and crowding, uh, delays in seasonal maintenance, uh, delays in construction, um, and increased littering, uh, illegal dumping, this sort of thing. Um, and then, of course, you know, the trail organizations were impacted um, as well. Um, they, they experienced the loss of volunteers, um, furloughed employees, losses of revenues whenever they might typically, um, you know, be hosting events along their systems, that sort of things. So there were a lot of different ways that trails across the Commonwealth were impacted, a whole mix of positive and negative impacts. There's a lot really to, to still understand in terms of how trails have been impacted this spring. So we talked about what, we talked about how, and 
I'd like to go back to where we began, which is why this study and, and really what do we do with the information that comes out the other end of it? Could you talk a bit about how this information might inform policy decisions, uh, management and funding decisions that would affect how trails work in Pennsylvania and the role they play in our economy? What do we do with all this? Yeah. So one thing that I thought was really interesting this spring um, was how many uh, instances there were um, around the country of um, of municipalities deciding to um, close their streets and close some of their park loops to vehicular traffic so that people could recreate and um, and do so in, in a way that respects social distancing. People were uh, able to spread out across some of those you know, park roadways and, and city streets um, um, so that they could play and exercise. And wouldn't it be great, as great as that is, that that happened, um, if we had enough trails in the first place um, that, that we could accommodate um, as many people as were uh, deciding to go outside and and um, exercise and, and recreate this spring. I, I think it would be wonderful if we were able to do that. And so whenever it comes to, you know, policy related to trails, I mean, I'm mindful of the fact that, you know, DCNR has a goal of a trail within 10 minutes of every Pennsylvanian. And um, what I think that, um, uh, what I hope for is that decision makers, um, you know, will continue to um, support that goal, um, that they will support trails that we already have, because the truth is, after this spring, there certainly is going to be um, a maintenance backlog um, and a construction backlog. Um, but, but my hope is that decision makers will not only, you know, support, um, you know, quality trails, uh, but also, you know, support um, new trails being constructed so that we can accommodate the, the, the kinds of crowds that a lot of, um, uh, you know, our uh, state experience this spring. Amy Camp with Cycle Forward, thanks so much for being on the show again. Thank you, Josh. Amy Camp does research, advocacy, and marketing on behalf of Pennsylvania Trail Towns through her company, Cycle Forward. We'll link to it at pecpa.org, along with links to our report on how the coronavirus pandemic is driving trail use in the Commonwealth, and lots more. It's all in the episode description for this podcast. One of more than 100 episodes of Pennsylvania Legacies available to stream from the Peck website. Or if you prefer, by subscription through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or really however you prefer to listen to podcasts, you'll find us there. Connect with Peck on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at P-E-C-P-A. We post new episodes every other week featuring conversations about Pennsylvania's environment, conservation, and outdoor recreation. Hope you'll join us for the next one. Until then, for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, my name is Josh Rollerson, and as always, thanks for listening. Music